0: Internet listening people, back for another special episode of the Soxcast today because I am joined by someone who, if if you've watched basically anything on the internet, if you're a fan of dubbed anime or you play a lot of localized games, you've probably heard her a lot. Uh, I'm joined by the lovely and talented and fellow David Bowie fan, Kira Buckland hello how's it going good how don't, are you i'm 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 awake that's what i usually tell people anyway oh <laughs> uh, so like how's things over there like uh good old california everybody loves it right
1: well we've actually been getting a ton of rain we had i don't know if you heard about it but there was a big storm in southern california a couple days ago
0: Mm-hmm. the place you guys needed some rain though didn't you weren't you under like a big drought
1: yeah we were but it's been raining almost nonstop this winter
0: oh oh well i guess too much rain can also be a, pose a few problems <laughs> um uh, but, uh, like I said, I, I mentioned that you were a fellow David Bowie fan. I guess you gotta be happy that kinda swept the Grammys with Black Star.
1: Yeah, I am very happy.
0: Absolutely deserves it. Especially
1: because I saw some really awful articles going around talking about how, like, people were saying, oh, well, Justin Bieber deserves it more than him. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you guys crazy? <laughs> you know,
0: like... How many drugs does one have to be on <laughs> to say something like that? <laughs> Oh my God! Black Star is just an amazing artistic accomplishment, even taking away who's the person that created it like so yeah, it absolutely deserved everything that it got um yeah, and hey, why not like a little plug up front? Why don't we talk a couple of minutes about the voice acting club because that's another thing that you're involved heavily with that kind of recently i guess got started over again, um, yeah, what is the voice acting club, and how can our listeners like? Get in there and, and, and interact and, and get stuff done for their projects.
1: So um, it's basically a, a voice acting forum. Um, and there are some resources for people who are looking to get started in online voice acting for like, you know, yeah. online projects indie games, like YouTube videos, stuff like that, machinima, those sort of things. Um, And it also serves as a method of connecting the content creators with people who can voice act for their projects. And so we offer, it can be either paid or unpaid. So I mean, obviously, if you post like a paid casting call, you might get people who are a bit more experienced or, you know, maybe like, a little bit better quality setups or this or that. And, but if you're kind of like, you're just starting out, you can't pay people, but you want voices for your project or like you're doing a school project or something, you can find a bunch of people who are like aspiring voice actors and they'll send you auditions. So it's kind of like, at least my goal is sort of to foster that mutually beneficial relationship where whether it's like a trade for credit sort of thing, or it's an actual, like, you know, hiring people kind of finding this place because i feel like a lot of people say they're making an indie game or this or that they just don't really know where to go to find voice actors maybe they'll post like something on tumblr and hope people see it or on their kickstarter blog but it's like i mean voice actors unless they're constantly just looking out for these casting calls from all these different sources it's like you know i just kind of want there to be like a central place i guess you could say
0: yeah, that's really cool, and it seems like it's, like it's like this great bridge between, like, talent and people that need that talent, but also kind of a nice gap, uh, bridging the gap between people that are currently doing this professionally as well as people that are trying to get a foot in the door as well, and to sort of, like, create new connections, network a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. So that's actually a really cool uh, thing. You also started an anime convention? Yeah, way back in the day. <laughs> you, like, you know, organizing things with people, especially when people are involved. That's kind of a pain. How did you manage that and not go completely insane?
1: Um. Well, it was really small when it first started. I was actually in high school in my senior year, and I had never been to an anime convention, but I'd heard about them on the internet and was like, this sounds really cool. Like, they, <laughs> okay, they have like a costume contest. They have you know, like these sort of things. So we just kind of like held it in our high school that year, but then later it grew and this and that. And obviously other people run it now because I don't live there anymore, but Mm. um, it's like actually in a big convention
0: center now and stuff. Wow. That's as a high schooler, you put something like that together. Wow. That's kind of incredible. Um, so, um, kind of like the meat and potatoes I kind of wanted to cover of this interview is obviously your voice acting career is kind of, like, impressive. Like, I imagine at this point that you kind of carry around your resume in one of those little U-Haul dump trucks, or little U-Haul trucks, and just be like, (laughs) and just dump it off in front of a studio and be like, yo, dog, I got you. (laughs) Um... And I think that it's an inspiring kind of journey that you've taken. you've really dedicated yourself to a craft, and like those are the kinds of stories I kind of like hearing told and because I think that those kind of things can help inspire other people so
1: oh my gosh, I wish it was that easy. I wish you could just um send
0: your stuff over <laughs> just be like, there it is <laughs> <laughs> so with yeah. with that in mind, like Like, everybody's got a something that made them sort of, like, pursue their dream, like, whatever it may be, like, voice acting, art, music, and, 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 like, what is the thing where you, that kind of struck the nerve with you to finally say, that's, that's what I gotta be doing?
1: Um, it was sort of when I really got into, like, anime and video games and stuff like that, because I didn't really get to watch or play a lot of that stuff when I was younger, so it wasn't until I was a teenager that I sort of... Realized that was a thing and that that was something I wanted to do because, you know, I would hear the voices and stuff. I would hear people voice acting in these projects. And when I kind of realized that that was actually a career that people have, it was something that I really wanted to do.
0: That's really awesome. And um, so you kind of got your start in voice acting back when kind of media on the internet was in its infancy. Uh, in a way, because I think, like, Newgrounds was kind of, like, the big thing at that point.
1: Yeah, and I feel really lucky, because, you know, nowadays, like, there's YouTube and stuff is a huge thing, and it's just overrun with so many people who are, like, aspiring voice actors and stuff, which is great. Like, it's great that, you know, it's getting a lot more visibility, and so many people want to do it, but at the same time, I feel like it's really hard these days. If you're like up and coming and trying to do stuff online, because basically you kind of have to be like YouTube famous or like a YouTube personality. I feel like to sort of, if you want people to notice your stuff and you know, that's part of the reason too, that I wanted to make this forum so that everyone has a chance. It's not like, you know, you have to hope that you do some viral video or something to get your voice work noticed. It's like these open projects on here. Anyone can submit. Um, But yeah, like, I consider myself pretty lucky because back when Newgrounds and this and that were big things, a lot of people didn't really have resources for voice actors, especially for females, because they're just like, I don't know if the ratio on that site, it was probably like 75 male, 25% female overall. (laughs) So there were like a lot less women, and the ones that there were were like overrun with requests and stuff. So a lot of times, if they had like a girl voice, they'd just do like all the guy voices themselves, or they'd have like those the Microsoft Sam voice or whatever. Oh no! And if the girls, yeah, they would either still have the Microsoft Sam voice, but the the lady one, Microsoft Mary or whatever. Oh gosh! Or they would make like their sister, or mom, or girlfriend <laughs> do it, or or they would like just pitch up their own voice. <laughs> so i felt like you know even though i wasn't that good when i first started because i mean most people aren't good when they start at anything for the first time i felt like just the fact that like hey like i'm an actual girl that can do voices and stuff i feel like that gave me a big leg up
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and like how like I I know that you said that, you know, like, kind of like being a female, you kind of like, kind of like made you a bit of a hot commodity there. Um, Like, how difficult back then was it to actually, like, get lines to people or organize projects? Because, again, when you involve a thing that involves people, people can Mm -hmm. be a problem.
1: Well, I feel like in terms of technology and stuff, a lot of it has stayed fairly consistent since then like um you know i've been using audacity forever to record because it's super simple Mm -hmm. and you can just export usually it's like mp3s um sometimes for like big more prestigious projects now they're like no send it and wave but i mean you can do either or um and how it's always been was like you record the lines you export the mp3s and you email them to whoever's producing the project. So like sometimes you zip them up if there's a lot of them or whatever. I mean, now I guess the main difference is sometimes for huge files, you see more use of like Dropbox, Google drive, MediaFire, fire, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was pretty, it was always pretty much the same process. I mean, maybe now you see a few more people who want to direct over Skype and this and that, Um, yeah, it's
0: cool. Cool. Do you remember your first role?
1: Um, uh. the issue was <laughs> that it was a lot of the stuff that I, because when I first started, I would audition for literally anything and everything that I could find, mm-hmm. like on, because there were other forums, like even back before the VAC, there was the VAA and stuff, because the VAC, the original incarnation of it originally came from Newgrounds. Yeah, I remember because that. Because I had started like a thread on there for people to find voice actors, but because it was just a single thread, it was like so difficult and confused and there's like drama and you know everything so just having like a forum where people could make a thread for their projects and then voice actors could post their demos in a certain place it just made a lot easier Mm -hmm. but um yeah like there were other forums still so I would audition on the VAA and stuff like that and a lot of the projects you know because everything was just for free back then it was like none of the projects were paid and stuff now you're you're starting to see some stuff online pay which is really cool but um definitely not when i was first starting out back then and so a lot of times life would get in the way for people and they're just like i can't finish this and they would just disappear so you'd record and it's the worst if you recorded like you know 50 to 100 lines for a project which is a lot back then especially if you're like doing it for free on your spare time and then they're like haha
0: yeah bye Goodbye, all that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you have no... Re- I mean, now, like at least in the actual industry and stuff, if you record for a project, even if for some reason it doesn't happen, it's like you still get paid for your time. Yeah, yeah. But when you're just working with literally everything is volunteer, from the p- people producing it to the people voice acting in it, it's like there's no... I guess there's, like, no real accountability. And it was the same thing, because I produced projects as well, and it was the same thing on the producer side, because voice actors could just drop off the face of the earth and not send you lines, and you're like, hey, um, you were in the previous one, and I really want my cast to be consistent, so...
0: Mm, yeah, I had that happen to a friend of mine. He uh, did a, a movie and then a game, and it was just like, I, I need consistency, I need consistency. Where, where did they go? <laughs> yeah oh my lord that sounds like again it's a people thing i suppose so um,
1: yeah i feel like nothing no matter like how good things get in terms of organization nothing's gonna just the human factor is always gonna be there
0: yeah yeah like good or for good or bad i suppose (laughs) um so i think i first remember hearing you uh like when you started making a move toward professional work um in uh it was Luminous Arc, I believe. And the redub of five centimeters per second. Uh did you start yeah, working? Those were
1: some of my first.
0: Yeah, like did you start working professionally before those two? Because those are the first two that I remember hearing you in, uh in prof- in a professional capacity.
1: Um yeah. I mean I did a couple other things. I did one DS game called, uh, Away Shuffle Dungeon, which, like, nobody played, but I bought it because I was happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously. So, like, speaking to the professional side of things, for people like me, who don't voice act because my voice is a basement fire, um, what is it like to go in and audition for something like this? I I know that it's not the same for every project. It can't be, because... People, you know, whoever's doing projects, handle this stuff differently. But, like, what is an audition like? What do you do?
1: Well, most of the auditions nowadays are done from home. For real? Um, yeah. Like, you still go in and record physically, if you get the part, but a lot of times... I mean, it used to be more auditions in person. I noticed, like, back when I first started doing professional work, like, for those projects you mentioned, I would go and audition in person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you have a bunch of actors coming in to read on something, it's a lot of, it's difficult trying to schedule everyone. And in the L.A. area, people live all over the place. So people who have, like, an hour commute, they're not going to want to drive for a 10, 15-minute audition that they might not even make. Mm -hmm. And... Since everyone's like busy and booked at different places, and you know, then they have to pay people to like be in studio recording the auditions and stuff like that, you know, like the engineers and the directors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they can just eliminate a lot of that hassle by recording from home, and that's probably why they do it. Because most people have some kind of setup, and it doesn't have to be. You know, obviously, since you're going in to record, if you get the part, they're not really evaluating you on your quality. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but they just want to hear how you act and how you sound as that character.
0: Uh, so, like, um, so let's say, like, okay, like, you've been in a lot of roles that I've really enjoyed. So let's pluck one from the Ether. Uh, Marvelous AQL from Neptunia. Let's say. <laughs> okay. um. Like, do you specifically read for that character, or is it just give me like a tough chick kind of voice, and like, um, or, or something along those lines, or or do you specifically go in and say I want to read for this character?
1: Um, well, it's it depends. Like, I know different places do it differently. For that specific character, they just cast me as her because they have like a lot of my voice samples and stuff on file and they were just like we want to bring you in to play this character Mm. so that's always really cool when that happens because it's like a you know it's like a present that you're not expecting that's kind of real um,
0: flattering i would say
1: yeah but normally when you do auditions you are reading for specific characters but what happens sometimes and whether or not you get to pick who you read for really depends on the studio because I know like at one place that I work a lot with for or actually at a couple different places, you don't get to choose. They're like, okay, um, these are the ones that we think that you'd actually have a shot at booking and you get to read for those two or three. Mm. Um, But some other places, maybe they'll send out an email with all of the characters and they'll say, you pick the two or three that you think you're best suited for. So, I mean, it kind of depends because sometimes the characters that they've picked for me to audition, it's like, oh, I would have not cast myself as that character, but then I booked it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. But then sometimes I'm also feel like, wait, but I know I could have done a good read for that character, but I didn't get to read. So, I mean, there's upsides and downsides to both. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the other thing that can happen, too, is you go in and you read for specific characters. Like, maybe you'll read for all the main characters. And if you don't get cast as any of those, but they can tell from your audition, oh, you'd be good as the side character, then that's how they cast a lot of those. Because, I mean, obviously, if you're casting for a game that has, like, 50 characters and some of them are really minor, you're not going to hold auditions for all those characters in most cases. But when people audition for the mains, you're like, okay... Um, I like their voice, but someone beat them out for this character, so I'll put them in this smaller role or whatever. So that's happened a lot, too.
0: Cool. So, like, what's the situation, like, um, I guess I, I don't need specific numbers, but, like, uh, uh, pay-wise, if you get cast in multiple roles in the same game or the same anime or something, like, what what happens then? Like, how is that figured out? Like, do you still just get paid for one role, or is it, like, kind of, like, bumped up a bit because you're putting in the extra work, obviously?
1: You get um, paid by the hour, not the roll.
0: Oh, really? So,
1: I mean, unless you're doing something where you record the entire project from home, like, if you're working on an indie game or something, Mm because obviously, like, then they can't really do it by the hour because it would be sort of like an honor system. But when you're going in and recording for something, it's by the hour. So if you... And usually they have a two-hour minimum for project. Mm. So you'll get paid for the two hours no matter what. But, like, say you go in and you only have an hour's worth of work for one character, and then they want to give you another character that's going to take an hour to record. So you take two hours. You get paid the two hours, which is the minimum anyway. But say you're doing one character that is taking two hours, and they have another character that's going to take an hour then obviously you get paid for the three hours because it's by the time. So it depends how much each of them has.
0: Okay, okay. That makes more sense. I never knew how that part of the world worked um, in that regard. <laughs> so um, I know that you've been kind of uh, a part of a lot of personal projects as well and fan projects and the like. Um, and that sort of like has put you kind of in the role of a director at times, correct?
1: Um. Yeah, sort of. It's <laughs> I haven't gotten to direct very much like barely at all but i would love to do it at some point
0: oh yeah that's what i was That's really why i was leading with that question is if like that's something that you kind of wanted to do get on like you know the the control room and play around with faders and tell people what to do so
1: many people want to do that it's like (laughs) you know
0: it's a great job Yeah, yeah. I like. I like. Everyone wants to do it. <laughs> I like the audio engineering side, which is where I'm a, which is where I specialize. So getting yeah. to getting to do that stuff is fun. Um, so like when you're do, because I have to imagine that like you know you you still do personal projects as well. Um,
1: I'm actually in a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga read through thingy.
0: Oh really? I did not know yeah. that. Did not know that.
1: What so that's that? just obviously, like, a fun, no-pay sort of project that I do. But I really, like, always... I love JoJo,
0: so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, how do you find yourself balancing, like, personal projects with professional work and not, like, burning out or anything?
1: Um. Sometimes I do burn out, but a lot of times I just kind of have to choose what I take on in terms of online projects you know because obviously like any of my my work work has to take priority Mm -hmm. so if someone wants me to do a project even if they are offering some sort of payment but it's like a really like a lot of lines or something Mm -hmm. I have to look and see if I can actually do that um it also I mean I have a lot of people who are like oh, can you just do this for me for free? But, like, unless they're a personal friend or it's a project that I'm super personally invested in, I'm just kind of like, well, I'm never going to get to it in that case. Um, Because that's the other thing, too, that I have to tell people. Like, if they want, you know, obviously they have to pay me something and my rates are a lot cheaper for independent projects and stuff. Because, I mean, if you're, like, making a game in your basement, you're not going to have the budget that a big developer does or whatever so i'm like hey i can give you like the super affordable rate and stuff but you'll have to be like a little bit more flexible with me on the turnaround times because i feel like it's easy for everyone to be like we want this the same day or we want this the next day and you know again if this is like some industry project where they're paying me full rate then yeah i will bend over backwards (laughs) to make that happen but you know for like a youtube project whatever i'm like hey can i get it to you within the week is that you know because yeah. there's certain times where you just you're like you have to like be reasonable about this if you want it. I mean, if it's you know, if it's a special circumstance and somebody's like, "Oh, I need this for my friend's birthday tomorrow. Can you do it?" <laughs> but, you know, I feel like the rest of the time everyone's like, "Yeah, I want this like today." But, you know, that's <laughs> that's just not always how it works with the time commitments people have.
0: Yeah, yeah. And full disclosure, I'm paying her twenty thousand dollars for this interview. That was her rate. I can't believe I couldn't believe it, but I was just like, well, you know, you're dealing with famous people.
1: Man, if I if I made twenty thousand dollars, I would go and go makeup shopping again.
0: Just just go beyond every crappy podcast in the world per interview. Twenty thousand dollars. There you go. Um,
1: And I'd buy Love Gems for all my mobile games that I'm addicted to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: my lord, you and your... your, Yeah, I've got a friend that's really into that uh, Love Live um, School Idol Festival. Um,
1: Yep, I play that. And I play... um, Let's see. Idol Master a little bit. I play the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure mobile game. And then I recently downloaded Fire Emblem Heroes cuz I'm cuz you're in it. Like one of the new characters they just released, so. That's
0: really cool. That is really cool. And it's it's not, not a terrible game it turns out. I was not expecting. Yeah. I was not expecting it to be actually kind of decent. That's pretty good. And you and again you were in it, so it's even better. <laughs> <gasps> oh, lord. Okay, so like well, while we're still kind of, like, on the, the topic of roles, like, what's a dream role for you? What's a role where it's just like, I, I, I need to be that character? Or does this be Jillian
1: from JoJo's Bizarre
0: <laughs> I kind of thought. <laughs> um, and, and And, like, are there any roles that you got and weren't quite sure about, but then you ended up just loving the crap out of?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... It's easy to feel that way if I'm playing a role that I haven't played that character type a lot before. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just feel like out of my element when I start to record, like, oh, I don't know what to do. But then it's like, you kind of have to remind yourself, like, okay, like they cast me for a reason. They like something I did. I mean, like, I was very, very surprised when I got Umi in Love Live because, you know, normally I think of myself as maybe more like a Honoka or a Nico or a Nozomi. Like, definitely is like the total opposite from the character types I usually play. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pull this off? Like, what if people hate it? You know, and it's like I had a lot of fun with the character and I really, really adore her. But it can be hard when you're like feeling nervous. And then, you know, of course, because the series had such a big fan base for the Japanese version, people just dumped all over the English version of
0: course out
1: and they said like horrible things about us about me in particular and
0: wow I'm gonna go get my tire iron and visit some people
1: (laughs) yeah it's one of those things I feel like it's all about you know I'm never about like censoring people from having an opinion or not taking constructive criticism but the thing is that a lot of people are not constructive and they make it personal like I don't have an issue with somebody going hey, yeah, I appreciate what you did. Um, I I personally prefer the Japanese version. I'm like, cool, no problem. There's stuff that I prefer to watch or play in Japanese, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But it's when they start, like, personally attacking me as a person, even though they never met me, and saying that, like, I don't deserve this role, and I, like, ruined their favorite character. Like, I mean, I feel like people don't really talk about the negative side of doing this kind of stuff, but it is it is hard. I mean, I got used to a lot of hate from back when I was on Newgrounds. Yeah. I still
0: like, unfortunately witnessed a lot of that. And it's absolutely terrible. The way people can be over just the dumbest things. It's like, yeah, have your opinion dog, but don't be shitty to people because. Yeah.
1: And half the time it's like, Oh, like it's about, you know, my weight or something like that, you know, something totally unrelated. And they'll just like pick that and make fun of, You know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, people are always like, well, it comes with the territory, you have to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't feel like it's something you ever fully get used to. Like, I feel part of being human is that on some level, things are going to affect you. It's why, like, I couldn't really be like a YouTuber, for example, like one of those big YouTubers who do all this stuff on camera, Mm because they make crazy amounts of money, which would be awesome. But I'm like, I couldn't, you know, there's a lot of girls I follow who do like makeup tutorials and all the kind of stuff that that i would want to do but it's like i look at like you know just the the crap that the they get they obviously get a lot of good of stuff but it's like when you have people just dissecting every part of your life and what you say and how you look like that's absolutely yeah, I would go crazy
0: like as as a trans person i can definitely relate to you believe me <laughs> holy crap is the internet oh, yeah just a cesspool <laughs> Uh, And
1: that can be difficult because, you know, you have people who they I guess they try to be like edgy, for lack of a better word. And they think that, you know, I've had friends where people have called them out by like their their dead names that they obviously no longer use and stuff like that just to like try to get under the skin. I'm like, that's so crappy. Like, how would you feel if somebody did that to you?
0: Yeah, it's it's just absolutely awful the people the, the the things that and it's all and it all goes back to oh, I just don't like dubbed anime.
1: Yeah, like, and wow. I think mean, that's cool. That's fine. There's there's a sub option for a reason. Exactly! There's a dual audio in a lot of games. And and even if you want to say like I wasn't a fan of this, I think You know, I think the dubs need to be stepped up. That's fine, too. But don't be like, these actors are ruining it. These actors deserve to lose their jobs. Let's harass them. You know, that's the stuff that I have issues for.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I got a tire iron for people like that. (laughs) I'm a little unkind uh, or a little intolerant as it comes to Internet hostility these days.
1: (laughs) Well, because there comes a point where you just get tired of dealing with it. You get... You know, and I know people are like, oh, internet bullying's not real, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, the thing is, there's, (sighs) I mean, how is it that much different if some, yeah, I guess on the internet, people can be anonymous and this and that. But it's like, if somebody came up to me and said something really bad to my face, I'd be like, you know, I'd probably curse them out, but be like, hey, at least they had the guts to say it to me face to face in person, right? Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. But it's like when they do it online or this or that it's like like how much of a cowardly exactly yeah yeah and they also you know it's like saying things behind your back
0: and i don't know yeah people who needs them right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. like so we were talking earlier and you were talking about like i don't know like the, the various kind of roles that you've played and roles that kind of surprise you Uh, Here and there. And, like, a particular role of yours that surprised the crap out of me, mostly because I didn't know it was you at all at first, was uh, Hiyoko Sionji in Danganronpa 2.
1: She's a very nasty little girl. I didn't realize that that was me, because that's the kind of characters I usually play.
0: (laughs) Wow, she's a foul-mouthed little girl! (laughs) Wow, like, was that, like, any stretch at all for you, or...? (laughs) <laughs> Those are the kind of characters that I
1: that I play the most and feel like the most at home playing, I guess. That's partly why I was so surprised with something like Umi, because, you know.
0: I, I did not even know that was you the first time I played it, and then a friend pointed it out, and I was like, that's not a role that I had heard you in before, because I had heard you in a lot of things that were kind of like, I don't know, I guess like, like the virtuous main character of something, like, uh, things like that, where... Like oh
1: okay <laughs> yeah like so, so kind of like my Fire Emblem characters yeah
0: yeah things like that where it's just kind of like you know very heroic or you know uh, something of that range so so when I heard like Kyoko and then you know that character <laughs> and the, the very terrible things she has to mm-hmm. say sometimes I was like that's her no you're lying
1: and then I have my Zestiria character who can be like I guess kind of nasty but um. Like, less, more, like, just sarcastic, like, less overtly nasty, like, Sayonji, and more just, like, oh, you're kind of dumb, or whatever.
0: Mm, Kind of, like, (laughs) a little haughty, in a way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, and also, like, I really like that Ethel and Fairy Fencer F. Another good...
1: Yeah, she
0: was fun. Fun little role there where you get to say one line over and over, apparently.
1: <laughs> She's got a little bit more she that does. she says
0: later. She does, yeah. She opens up, but I really liked the initial interactions with that character. Um, <laughs> so, how did you get involved with 35 and counting and, like, in front of camera work?
1: Oh, I, I don't do on-camera work. I'm, like, very... I mean... I do like, it's weird, I do like cosplay and stuff, mm-hmm. so I mean if, I guess like if I were ever doing something in character, like if someone wanted to make a really low budget live action JoJo <laughs> fan movie or something, I would totally dress up as Jolene and do that, but overall it's like the... um I don't know, just the idea of doing on-camera stuff is, like, no. Like, I don't feel like, one, I'm very not comfortable with my looks. And, Mm. I mean, I like taking selfies and stuff, but it's always, like, when I can do my makeup perfectly and angle it perfectly Yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's, like, on camera, I feel like people can see all the not-so-nice angles. So I feel like it takes a really confident person to be able to do that. And the other thing, too, is I just don't really know how to, like, It sounds weird, but I don't really know how to physically act like vocally acting comes really easy to me, Mm -hmm. I guess, because I've studied it for so long and and practiced it so much. But when it comes to like how to like physically emote and stuff, I'm like, what what do I do? So I don't feel like I could do that like my roommate does on camera and stuff, but it's not like. It's not really something that I think I would be good at doing or would want to do or feel comfortable doing, Mm. but I admire people who can. I mean, and then on the flip side, I've heard on camera actors say stuff like, well, I don't know how people act with just their voice, like when you don't have your facial expressions and
0: physicality. Yeah, having recorded uh, a little bit of ADR, I've actually seen some, like, live action actors kind of like, like, I don't get this at all. Like, what am I (laughs) doing here? So it's obviously kind of weird coming from both sides where, like, neither side kind of gets what the other one does from, like... Yeah, I guess,
1: like, whatever you studied and whatever you feel comfortable with. Although (sighs) David Bowie could just do everything ever. Like, I'm just reminded of how good he was, like... I saw a theatrical screening again of man who fell to earth. And, mm, and,
0: good stuff.
1: Yeah. It's, he looked very, very
0: good. And very, the very handsome. He always looked good. But, Didn't he though? Know? Didn't he though? No matter yeah. what, no matter what. Um, so kind of like, um, uh, I was kind of wind down, uh, a little bit here. Um, uh, I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about, um, up and coming voice actors and actresses and like, kind of the importance of a real good demo reel. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, uh, because I've had uh, a few people come into where I work and do um, voiceover uh, demo reels, and they all kind of, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting to be an anime voiceover specialist, but it kind of seems like that's the only thing they want to do. And I kind of think, like, do you think that diversity in a demo reel and proving that you can do something like okay, you've got your 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 big boomy, very showy anime voices that are they're always great in context, but like do you think that it's also important to have something like look I can do commercials and I could probably read your audiobook really good things like that like- Absolutely
1: Now um if you want to have if you're talking about like commercial and audiobook stuff those need to be on a separate demo Yes Um cuz your character demo needs to be one thing and then if you want to have like a demo for your commercial reads and then like maybe a narration demo if that's what you do Um I personally have three demos I have my commercial demo my like character voice demo and then video game voice demo mm-hmm. but usually when you're just starting out you can you can do one character demo that encompasses like cartoons video games like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um and you know i used to be like one of those people who was like oh i i became inspired because of anime i want to do anime and stuff but the thing is a lot of the the trends for anime dubs and stuff like that are maybe those are still used in that sort of media but in terms of things like especially video games I mean in JRPGs you do kind of see that over the top acting style a lot and I've done a lot of JRPGs but a lot of times you know it's they want to keep it pretty close to what how it was originally recorded in Japanese and stuff Mm -hmm. but for like more maybe like western style video games or um, you know any kind of like CGI sort of thing, something more realistic, they want it to sound more human, I guess, like more more like real people talking. Mm -hmm. And that's the big trend that you're seeing. It's the same thing for commercials, you know, because they realize that people hear that coming soon, on sale, they're just going to (laughs) turn off the radio because they find that obnoxious. So instead, you have this everything where they're like, we want it to sound natural, like a real person, not an announcer, not over the top. So you, you know, you always hear these guys going, hey, I'm just the guy next door telling you to buy chicken nuggets or whatever the deal is. (laughs) It's like very... I mean, the dilemma I have is trying to do more like underplayed realistic sounding acting without it sounding like boring or like I'm just talking yeah yeah that's something that's hard for me because you know I tend to like emote a lot Mm -hmm. in this and that but it's like having doing that without going like big and over the top is is like the biggest challenge that I'm still working on because I mean most of what I do like most of what I work on and and get to audition for is anime and JRPGs. so i had that style kind of like beat into me or whatever and then you know on the rare occasion i'm auditioning for say some kind of game that's not like that obviously that's not the kind of reads that they want they want it to sound more realistic especially if it's a setting like I don't know, like a zombie apocalypse. and not that like zombies are realistic, but you know what I mean? It's like the a survival setting where yeah, they're like yeah. oh, you know, stuff's going down, we gotta get out of here. It's it's definitely going to be more like real and in the moment sounding and down to earth and not like this, ah! kind of thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Definitely need some diversity. Like, just go Rip off her demo reel the way she's got her set up. You'll be good. Like, it's really good. You got three separate reels there. Probably a good idea to follow that format. I bet it'll do people a well, lot of good.
1: <laughs> well, I say, you know, get... If you're getting a demo reel produced professionally, have have somebody direct you on it who knows the industry. So, like, um, for my character reels, for example, I had them directed by people who were voice coaches and who worked in those mediums so Mm -hmm. they understood like what casting directors would be looking for and stuff um if you're doing your own for the purposes of like say you want to do online projects then then you don't need to spend like thousands of dollars getting a reel done at that point i mean maybe yeah if you wanted to rent out studio space like you were saying you dealt with but it's like if you're if you're not like submitting to agencies or studios or places where you have to have a professionally produced reel, you can make one yourself in the meantime. And I put a guide, like a pretty extensive guide up on the VAC mm-hmm. and it's stickied and it tells you like, here's the kind of stuff that you should put on it. Um, Just ideas. Cause another, like one of the biggest mistakes I see aspiring people make with their demo reels. And I mean, I've been guilty of it too. We all have when we were first starting out But it's something that is just, like, immediately, I feel like, marks it as an amateur, is when people, they don't really have fleshed out characters. They're just kind of doing it as, look at all the voices I can do.
0: Oh. And so they're just going
1: from one pitch to another pitch, or one, like, stereotype of a character to an old, you know, for example, like, on guys' demo reels, you'll often, like, hear them try to do, like, an old man, and it's obviously very, like, if... You know, if it's like a twenty year old and they're like, Eva swell back in my day like you're not gonna you're not gonna get cast as this. Like put put something more realistic or something that you know you can do well Or um, you'll see it, too, with, like, the really, like, stereotypically bad accents and stuff like that. And they'll just choose some, like, you know, some stereotypical line. I'm like, if you're doing a Russian accent, please do not use the word vodka. That is so overdone.
0: The Boris and Nastasha dilemma. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So um, kind of, like, stuff like that like you know you have to like think about them as characters and not just different voices and you have to like know what the scene is because mm-hmm. I see a lot of times especially when people mix their own real too like they will randomly put say this echo on one of the lines and I'm like well where are you that it's echoey and if you are in this cave or whatever shouldn't you be calling out more like who are you talking to where are like you have to create the scene not just with the music and sound effects but with you know your your voice your delivery
0: yeah you were telling just like micro stories in a Mm -hmm. way and you need those to actually all matter and have a context so that a director can hear that and you know that's again fantastic advice listen people she she knows what she's talking about (laughs) um so uh we were talking about home setups a bit earlier and how they're kind of easier to kind of fall into these days um I primarily work with big, expensive studio equipment, and it's probably not super affordable for uh, the newbies. So I tend to like recommend people go with like a Blue Yeti mic because I've found that that's pretty solid. Uh, do you have any uh, mic setups or uh, mixer setups that you think uh, are good for uh, somebody looking to do work from home and it might not be on a professional level yet?
1: Well, I mean, I just upgraded my setup because I do some professional stuff from home and mm-hmm. this and that, and I got, like, a preamp and stuff now, finally, after all this time. But, yeah, I definitely like a USB condenser. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a Blue Yeti, but something of that sort of variety, like, um, mm-hmm. condenser style. You know, because then it's like, um... I-, I don't know. You don't have to deal with, like, getting preamps and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's all contained... <coughs> <Sorry. laughs> I got choked on my coffee. It's all um, contained. Like, it's good for travel. I mean, obviously, like, it's not going to sound as good as if you, like, use, like, a preamp and an XLR setup. But when you're, like, doing on lights, like, like, it doesn't matter. I use, like, I recorded on USB for, like, 10 years. No joke. So Yeah,
0: yeah. There's still, like, really good stuff out there um, yeah. in that market.
1: What you <laughs> don't want to use I see a lot of people doing this too, is they buy like a gaming headset and they oh, use that and like please don't use don't that do because that. it's gonna sound tinny. And then if you have lines where you need to shout or yell or get loud at all, the like that just does not yeah. work for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of one of one of my fellow podcast hosts used a rock band mic for like three hundred and ninety-seven thousand episodes and I wanted to wring his neck. Yep. That's that's not good stuff. So um so, so we're going to take it, like, I think we've had a good, a, a lot of fun things to talk about this interview, so I'd kind of like to go to a place that's maybe not so fun, uh, because it involves, like, the livelihood of, uh, people doing your line of work being kind of, uh, underappreciated and, uh, very unfairly, um... People who don't know what the SAG after strike uh, currently going on is, I was wondering if you could give those out there who maybe don't know what's actually going on here a rundown of what that is and kind of why it's really important.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like as far as the basics go or some, like, some of the details about it, there are a lot of, um, resources out there that you can look up like if you just google sag after strike and stuff because i mean if if i try to like explain everything it's going to take forever yeah but um it basically like the big thing is what are essentially residuals because for union um like tv shows movies commercials and stuff like that um the actors get like secondary payments essentially is another term that i heard um this is not a thing for like non-union projects so like most anime and games and stuff you'll never get residuals like that's just not a thing but um people are saying well you know if we say we record like a union tv commercial or we do like a part in a movie we get residuals for it and Mm -hmm. games are like a huge up-and-coming form of media like it's a it's a really big deal so why aren't games included on that and you know, it can be argued, I guess, well, a lot of games just don't have the budget, but the way that they're proposing it is that it kicks in after a certain number of copies are sold. Mm-hmm. so that way like little you know little games from small publishers wouldn't be hit by having to pay residuals, but they're talking about like the grand Theft autos and the Bioshocks and the overwatch like that sort of thing that just sells tons and tons of copies, mm-hmm. but the voice actors never get paid beyond that initial session. Um, there's some controversy over it, obviously, because then other people who work on the games, like the artists and the developers, are like, "Well, we don't get paid extra, so you know, and we're working on this game for like hours and hours and hours of our life, Mm -hmm. sort of thing." So there's, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about that. Um, There are a couple other things they were asking for, like if they were doing motion capture. I mean, I've never done motion capture, but I know some. People on, like, really major Western games and stuff, they will do both the voiceover and the motion capture for their character. Yes. And they're saying that they want stunt coordinators if if they're doing that. And also to limit sessions where you're basically just screaming the whole time. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people... That one I, I fully agree with because <laughs> I saw somebody go, well, I work in a call center and I'm using my voice for eight hours a day. Oh. So I don't see why these lazy entitled voice actors think that they can get their session limited to two hours. And it's like one, you try screaming, emotional yeah. screaming for that and you see how long it takes your voice to give out. Two, chances are they have other things they're recording on that day, so...
0: Exactly, like, this is your livelihood. Like, this is, you know, like, a big part of like, people that do this professionally are, are able to make a full-time career out of it. Like, that's their livelihood. Like, people... Yeah, like, like, and
1: if you lose your voice, like, if you're doing, um, you know, some kind of screaming session or this or that, and you lose your voice, then you might not work for the next couple of days, And if you have things scheduled, then you're screwed, so...
0: Yeah, I remember that being uh, a case with the uh, Excel Saga dub. Uh, The original actress actually just blew her freaking voice out and could not voice the rest of the series or anything for, like, three or four months because of it. Like, that's just incredible that, like... Like, can't we at least have a look at that? That's pretty important.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing that I that I've seen too, that people are going on about is there's this kind of like misconception that a lot of voice actors are super rich and famous despite barely having to work. And they're looking at like the top, maybe 5% of people because yeah, you see these voice actors who get on some long running, like big series or this or that, and they're making bank, but that's not the majority of people. Mm -mm. Um, like so many jobs are non-union now, for example, that a lot of people just are like, they have to take that or they have to take a low paying job because they just have to work. And that's the only way to do it. Um, There are, you know, the the other thing too, is people hear about like the hourly rates for working on a project. And they're like, Oh, but that's a really good hourly rate. I mean, I make so many dollars an hour or whatever. And I'm like, Yeah, but you're working 30 to 40 hours a week. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't, like, I'll have a week go by where I don't have anything booked. And then I'll have weeks go by where it's like, I do have a lot booked, but it's stuff at a lower rate. Or even then it's like, you know, it's never like a full day. Like, a lot of times it's a two-hour session or a four-hour session. And there may, like, even in a good week, there'll be, like, a few of those in a week. So it's like yeah, the hourly rates sound really good, but then what about all the times where you're just trying to find work? And I saw this one guy tweet at one of my, um, like another voice actress that I work with sometimes, and he was telling her like, well, if your problem is that you're only working like once every few weeks, then maybe you should just work more. And I'm like, but everybody wants to work more. Like, don't you, the field is really, really competitive. It's not like people are just, Sitting on their butts being like, oh, well, I'm just want to make a ton of money and not do anything. I mean, sure, like, that would be nice or whatever. But wouldn't want that? The majority of people are, like, constantly, you know, we're auditioning for things, even if it's not something that we're super excited about or Mm -hmm. it's something that we know no one's, like, going to watch or, like, you know, or maybe it's not, like, the pay rate they want. Like, whenever I see um, interviews with other voice actors and stuff. And people always ask stuff like, well, were there any roles that you just like, weren't interested in? So you didn't want to do. And it's like, they're usually like, um, no, cause I want money. Exactly. Like I want to, I want to eat. You've got to keep <laughs> like, those lights on.
0: I've <laughs> got yeah. a real pretty voice, but uh, it's not going to keep the electric bill away.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing that people don't realize too, is that the majority of the stuff that you're doing is not necessarily Prestigious, or
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like um, because you know it's like for every like Fire Emblem Heroes or something, then there's you know random mobile game that's only going to be released in China, but they want to put an English version just to have the option in the app or whatever.
0: You Ouch. know, it's it's
1: not. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like that, and that kind of stuff is the majority of what you're doing. And every every once in a while, it's like yeah, something like Fire. Emblem will come through, or something like uh, Zesteria or Dungenrompa, you know. But it's like a lot of things that you're doing are just, and it sucks because I've had some shows or games that I like, I love doing, and I was so proud of my performance. It just had a blast, but like no one knows they exist. Oof. So.
0: The worst feel.
1: Yeah, like one of my favorite performances that I've ever done was a game called Paladins. And I played a character named Evie. But it's like, I don't know a single person who plays that game.
0: I've never heard of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yep, see, case in point. So it's kind of like, you can have these things where you're like, man, like, this character would be so loved if, you know, if she were in, like, some bigger game Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. But that just wasn't... It just didn't happen.
0: Ouch. Ouch. That is really unfortunate. (laughs) So, um... Firstly, want to thank you again for coming on my dumb, insignificant podcast and having no, taken time out of your. That. <laughs> and take Oh no, we, we fully acknowledge our podcast is real stupid. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but I, I really appreciate you giving us your time. Like I always like hearing people's stories and I like I said, putting that kind of energy out there that's inspiring and. Like, you know, like, like I said, you have an immense dedication to your craft and I find that admirable. And I would rather somebody hear a story like that, you know, than contribute to any of the toxicity that the world has to offer at the moment, especially at the moment. <laughs> um, uh, if our listeners want to keep up with you and your various exploits, how can they do so? Um.
1: Yeah, you can. I think the place that I'm most active on is Twitter. So... Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and follow me. My username is spelled R I N A C H A N or you can just like look at my name and you can find me that way. And I tweet mostly pictures of my cats. So
0: That's good content.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cats are always quality content no matter what.
1: <laughs> um and I do have a Facebook page you can follow as well, but I mostly just post like if something I'm in comes out or whatever, I'll post it there, but I mean, if you just want to see, like, my daily whatever, then I guess Twitter is probably the best place.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've also got com, That's personal website and, of course, the voice acting. Yeah, act- I
1: need to update that at some point.
0: <laughs> and the voice acting club, of course. You know, Obviously, yeah. you need to go there and get your personal projects taken care of. And, um, again, thanks very much for appearing. And I hope you have yourself a fine evening.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for interviewing me, of all people.